Live from the studio in downtown <clears throat> Uptown Charlotte. QC Confessional. QC Confessional. Uptown, South Bend, Plaza Midwood, Noda, Dilworth, Elizabeth, Myers Park, Valentine, South Park, Lake Norman, QC Confessional. They contain adult-oriented content. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, Charlotte? It's the QC Confessional Podcast on RadioCharlotte.com with Jenna Gribble. I'm here. And Brandon Henson. I'm present. My name is Ren. Tonight on the QC Confessional Podcast, going to be talking NFL football with two-time Super Bowl champion Pittsburgh Steelers kicker Jeff Reed. Going to talk a little about soccer in Charlotte. Big announcement here coming very soon. And answering some of your listener questions as well. All that and more on tonight's episode of QC Confessional Podcast. So how's everybody's week? I went fly fishing today. Today? Yeah, I was in the river for most of the day today. Today's like a Wednesday. Thursday. I know. What is today? Well, because I work on weekends, so I take I take my weekday <laughs> shit. And I went and looked at a truck today, too. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. It's Brandon no was rear-ended by two uh, drunk drivers about a month ago. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, truck shopping, how's that going? Um, I found a couple I liked. The one I had shipped in today, it was a no-go. No, why? Mm. It came from, it's only got like 17, 18,000 miles on it, but it came from New Hampshire and it is a rust bucket. Up oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I should have checked to see if it was where it was from first. Any car from up north is just going to be full of rust. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I have connections with that. Yeah. So, yeah. I looked up underneath it. I was like, oh, man, because it was a beautiful truck, man. It's a Dodge Ram. Mm. And uh, like, you know, low miles, good price. And then everything was cool. Everything was good. And I was like, I should probably check underneath this thing. <laughs> I looked there and I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And the guy was like, what's the matter? I was like, dude, title. have you looked at this? And he was like, well, it's just, ex- just what he said. What he said. Uh, it hasn't penetrated the service. I was like, I don't give a shit. I'm like, I'm not, pay- I'm not paying money for that. Just for your FYI, I worked, I was a finance director at a uh, Ram dealership for oh, yeah? three years. So I got the connection for you there, man. Uh, there you if, go. If you want to stay local. I, I would like to stay local. And I I'm mean, like, apparently you like cars that come from the snow, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I can have some connections in Pittsburgh, too. The weather's similar. <laughs> sure, man. Yeah. Sure. I'm on the hunt. So Our guest tonight is two-time Super Bowl champion from the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mr. Jeff Reed. And Jenna and Jeff went to high school together, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So actually, Jeff didn't, we didn't really know each other in high school. Mm-hmm. I knew of Jeff. Jeff. Jeff was mm-hmm. a soccer star, but right. I, I was a high school dropout. Mm-hmm. Ugh, shocker, right? <laughs> um, so <laughs> I went to Myers Park and then I dropped out and then I took a little trip across the United States and did some backpacking. Yeah. And then when I came back, we were in the zone for East. Mm-hmm. So I went to East and I was playing ball at East and not playing softball. And a girlfriend of mine, Diana Marcus, played soccer and y'all had the same coach, Coach Bosk, and that's, that's right. how I found out who you were. Nice. Yeah, that's right. So, welcome, yeah, Diana. welcome, Jeff. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Good. You know, awesome. I make my rounds uh, with, with the radio. I had mm-hmm. my own show for a year. Yeah. It's called Barely Controlled Radio. Nice. Um, two, two definitions of that. <laughs> Barely controlled means I pretty much let everybody let loose mm-hmm. um, because that's the point of um, something like Internet Radio XM. That's yeah. the point of that, in my opinion. Also, the definition of passion is barely controllable emotion so right. that's where i got right. that from my passion is i mean i'm a journalist um, mm-hmm. i'm a writer mm-hmm. but you can sometimes i mean i'm writing a book one day all that stuff all that cool stuff yeah. but i think radio is, is more fun because you can yeah. interact more absolutely absolutely yeah. i kind of went a similar route i played soccer forever and i decided uh, to kick field goals for one one season because i could kick a 55 60 yard field goal like it was nothing at the time and it was actually the first game it was on my birthday 
and I was kicking an extra point, I think it was, and our line just kind of dissolved. The next thing I know, I get hit hard, and I'm looking up at everybody, and their <laughs> eyes are this big around, and I'm like, what's going on? And I stand up and fall back down, and I'm like, what the hell? Oh, and I stand oh, up, and I fall back down. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And I Call it a concussion, baby. my leg up, and from halfway down my shin down, it was just hanging. Oh! And I was in shock, and I had uh, no yeah. idea. No Probably didn't even feel that. Did, did not, but it uh, broke every bone in my leg. Um, so that was it. I was going to play soccer for Duke, but after that injury, that kind of <sighs> ruined a lot of those plans. You know, I was a, I was a, I had a fifteen year run with soccer. Um, mm-hmm. That was my number one love. It kind of still is. Yeah, you know, I know that. Yeah. You know, won Super Bowl rings and all the stuff mm-hmm. people play a sport for, but. Um, you know, my love was in soccer because yeah. I think it's the number one team sport out there. I it truly, is. I truly do. Worldwide. And, yeah. you, and you don't have any breaks. Uh, the only thing I don't like about soccer now is that they dive too damn much, man. Right. <laughs> I mean, because when, when people dove when I was playing, the next time I made sure they dove because yeah. they didn't yeah. have a choice. Right. Yeah, and exactly. then I get a yellow card and then yeah. you know, the rest was history. I actually watched you play in a Super Bowl, man. I was at the game uh, in Tampa against the Cardinals. Yeah, we, uh, we tried to lose that one. Yeah. Because uh, we were way ahead and <laughs> nobody knows because obviously I wouldn't tell even the head coach. The trainers knew. I had a partially torn hamstring on my kicking leg. Really? And you were perfect that day. Yeah, I was. And you know, I was. I was. <laughs> because, yeah, I was. I was, <laughs> I, I, I was uh, but I was extremely injected with whatever needle I could find. So, uh, yeah. And I told the trainers, I said, "Listen, I know this may not be the most legal thing you're going to mm-hmm. do, but mm-hmm. I'm." I, if my leg flies off on national TV right. or actually international TV, <laughs> yeah. that'd be kind of cool. So I'm either going to play or my leg's going to fall off. Those right. are the two options. And so mm-hmm. Coach Tomlin didn't know that, didn't know that until mm-hmm. after the game and I started complaining about it hurt. Yeah. I was looking. <laughs> I, I've got a bunch of pictures from, uh, from media day and from the photo day at the stadium that day. And I was looking, man, to see if I, I know I had a picture of you in there somewhere because I remember the hair. Yeah, That's you back couldn't miss you the, the hair. hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Looking back, man, everybody, Tomlin and uh, and Ben and everybody looks so young. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and he gets stressed out. And I mean, that was well, 2009 Nine? was the game. Yeah, so uh, 2008 was the season. That's 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I know I could still kick today and I haven't played in, since 2011. Right, right. So that was eight years ago for me. So, you yeah. know, I, my, my time's probably up. Now I can get <laughs> back and help these kids out. But, um, you know, it, it's crazy you look back, but there's so much stress in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is a business. Mm-hmm. I it mean, is. you guys have hung out with celebrities. You've met them if you hadn't hung out with them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they age. We age, yeah. should I say. Right. Um, unless you're getting Botox, but I'm a dude. I'm going to do that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, and no offense if you guys do, but you're not going to find <laughs> me. I'd rather have a wrinkle or two. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, nah, I mean, you, you age. It's a stressful thing. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're racing NASCAR, if you're playing baseball. If you're in NFL, if you're playing pro soccer, it's probably stressful too. Right. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you make. You're still under a contract, and you still want to. Uh, you have too much pride to fail your city or right. your team. Yeah. So, are you excited about the the soccer coming to Charlotte? Yeah, I heard they're going to make an announcement next week. Yeah, you know, next they keep Tuesday. prolonging it. You know, so uh, I'd I'd love it. You know, I I would be uh, probably the season tickets would be through the roof, but I'll catch a game or two. Yeah. Um. You know, MLS. You think it'll be expensive? Oh yeah, because they got they're going to build a new stadium, so they got to pay for stadium. So they're going to build a new stadium for it. They're not going to. It's going to be Panthers and soccer, is what I was told. Kind of like the Mercedes Benz Superdome, how Atlanta has a team mm, there. Okay, mm-hmm. sort of like that, and it's going to be from what I was told. And this is all hearsay in Fort Mill. Okay. Mm. Oh really? I so, heard it was going to be right here at the Foundry. 
Well, you you may know more than me. <laughs> we'll you know, see, I, I we'll listen see. to the wrong people sometimes. Well, I hope they don't take it out of Uptown, man. I really don't. Yeah. I think it'd be really a terrible don't. idea. Yeah. But then the people in South Carolina would love it because it is considered sure. a Carolina team. Yeah, so I get that. Yeah, they're supposed to be making that announcement on Tuesday, and mm-hmm. I think the Panthers are pretty heavily involved. Mm-hmm. And um, they're supposed to be built. From what I've heard, they're supposed to be building a new stadium that's going to be Uptown. But I don't right, know. Right. But I know that they're making the announcement on Tuesday. They sent out something today that was mm-hmm. like the city approved. So 110 million. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've heard that they're going to be doing a big party over at Hooligans, mm-hmm. and that will end at Bank of America Stadium. Nice. So you heard it here first. Yeah, we got to do that. Well, there you go. You know a lot more than me. So <laughs> I'll start making yeah. stuff up as we go. How do you think the, 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 the turnouts will be for that? I think it's going to be amazing because, yeah. I mean, I was talking to Zach today from the Roaring Riot, and he has Mint City Collective, which when Zach first started the Roaring Riot, Zach was a soccer player at South Mech, mm-hmm. and when he first started the Roaring Riot, it was I had no idea. He just was like, hey, Jenna, do you want to go tailgate in Jacksonville? Like, do you want to go down to games and stuff? And that's kind of how that all started with me being involved with that. But he took the model from the soccer mm-hmm. leagues, I guess, that that's what they do. And mm-hmm. so Mint City Collective, he's got that going. And it's going to be basically like a fan club, or it is a fan club. They've already got, I want to say he said like maybe four, six hundred, four, five, six hundred right. members. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, but it's the same concept as the Roaring Riot. Mm-hmm. Like you pay an annual membership. He said that they don't tailgate in soccer like they do in football. Right. He said it'll be a lot more at bars and stuff, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I don't know how Hooligans is going to hold all those people because right. it's so small. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. Well, I'm sure there'll be more bars being built. Yeah. You know, oh, once yeah. they actually oh, announce yeah. it. Yep. So. When are they going to start playing? I mean, is it coming up? He uh, said uh, March of 2021. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So, because I was like, what's the um, soccer season? How does it work with football season? Mm-hmm. And I think he said it was March to October is okay. soccer. And then football is August to January, February, depending on how good you are. Right, right. So, we'll see. More stuff for Charlotte. I can't I wait. I grew up playing soccer. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah? Oh, yeah. Where'd you play? Um, played at Providence. Then we played like uh, select soccer for I forget the, what the hell the name was. The uh, oh shit, well, it was Park Sharon. There was there was Park Sharon. There's now Charlotte Soccer Club. Um, there was Charlotte Sting back. Charlotte in the day. Sting, yep. yeah, Sting. And then when I got too old, I remember I got too old to play. And uh, too old, like you aged out, or too old, like you it. couldn't keep up. No, like we aged out. <laughs> I was seventeen, shit. So we uh, we aged oh, out, no. and my brother was uh, my brother's team. So so a lot of the the brothers with a lot of the kids that were that were. Um, uh, had aged out where became like a practice team for, for the kids that were like now the, you know, the top tier or whatever. Right. And uh, there was one game they had a bunch of kids hurt or sick or something. They were like, hey man, listen, we're not going to say anything. We're not going to do anything. You're going to put this jersey on. You're going to play this game. I was like, I don't, I don't think that's, I'm supposed to do that. But like, we know that. But you're going to play the game. <laughs> okay. He's like, we're short players. <laughs> okay. So I, I played, I played as, as somebody else for, for a game. I like <laughs> it. In a tournament and nobody said shit about it. <laughs> Just pretty good. Keep your mouth shut. Yeah, yeah. I like it. <laughs> God. Well, um, yeah, so uh, let's talk about your hair. You said you're writing a book. you got to have a chapter, because when I knew you in high school, you always had a shaved head. Yeah, or a flat top, one <laughs> or the other. I thought I was in the military, but I wasn't built for that. Uh, but I, sh- I sure as hell wore the hair like that. Um, I don't know. You know, when I got to Pittsburgh, it was still, I mean, even through college, it was the same as high school. Um when I got to, uh, I've never been a comb over kind of guy. I just don't look right on me. You know, Jeff, I don't see you as nah, a comb over kind nah, of guy. I mean, that doesn't have any personality. <laughs> it I takes one comb and you're good. Uh, when I got to the NFL, I don't know what, what it was, but I was just like, you know, in the summertime, I'm going to shave my head. And then once I shave it the last time when the weather's going to change, uh-huh. around the 
you know, basically training camp. I go to training camp with a bald head and then let it grow the entire season. But like, this took some massive effort. Like I was looking at it. I remember the first time I saw you play in Charlotte, like we have season tickets that are behind the visitors bench. And I remember we went and somebody was like, there's Jeff Reed. And I'm like, who? And they're like, the guy, we went to high school with him. And I was like, oh, and I was like, wait, that guy? And I was like, like yeah. crazy bleached hair. And um, yeah, that takes some effort. That's yeah. A- you know, you kind of get, get ready when you don't wear a hat like today. <laughs> Upside down. <laughs> you get busy every morning. It's cool. <laughs> and if you drink anything the day before, it's 10 times worse. Uh, I'm, I'm that guy with the hair. <laughs> Nice. But not anymore now. It's 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 normal. Normal. No, if, if I didn't have my hat on, I mean, it's still spiked up. You know? <laughs> it's just matted down. <laughs> I didn't want the headphones to mess it up. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. So did you I'm play real. football in high school? One no. year. Did it was one do? year. It was my senior year. Just a senior year. And did yeah. you go play college ball after that? Or? Yeah, I walked on to Chapel Hill, and mm-hmm. I went there for journalism school. Uh-huh. And um, Mac Brown was actually my coach, um, mm-hmm. and he's back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And he left after my first year to go to Texas. Uh-huh. And I had three head coaches in five years. I walked on there and didn't play until my fourth year, which was redshirt junior year. And uh, then um, at that time, I actually, I didn't even start the season. Somebody else did. He didn't do too well in the first two games. The third game, they put me in against Wake Forest, just kind of threw, threw me for a loop. But, uh-huh. I mean, I always just prepare as if I'm playing. But mm-hmm. I did it for four years. It's like, this is getting old. Um, but I'm not, I almost transferred, but the reason I stayed is because I wanted to get that degree from Chapel Hill. Yeah. Sure. That's the whole yeah. point. And um, so anyway, so yeah, I, I got an opportunity against Wake Forest, went three for three, and never turned back. And then I earned a scholarship halfway through that year, and then I played my entire fifth year um, there. Nice. So uh, yeah, so I was three head coaches, um, you know, claim to fame was Julius Peppers, Dre mm-hmm. Bly. Mm-hmm. Um, when, I was a, when I was a freshman, um, which I didn't play. I ran out of the tunnel first near where the guy carrying the flag so I get on TV uh, and stood behind the head coach. Nice. You know, kind of kind of raised up like a turtle out of a shell just to get on TV. Um, but no, I, I did, you know, I played with the defense was number one in the country. Didn't mm-hmm. have the college football playoff, of course, in 97. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if they did, we would have been in that. Um, we were number four in the country, number one defense. And I, uh, 11 starters, uh, nine of them got drafted first or second round. Wow. wow. Um, and nobody probably even knows that unless you're a diehard Tar Heel fan. Mm-hmm. But at one point, and that team's coming back around now that Max back, but at one point, I mean, we were stout. Like, nobody could score on us. The only team that beat us was uh, Florida State. And that mm-hmm. was when Chris Winkie was 38, seven, 38 years old in uh, college <laughs> <laughs> before he got to the Panthers at 40. <laughs> now, did you play at Carolina with uh, Wagstaff, with James? I did, yeah. Uh, Wags is a year older than me. Okay, because um, Wags and I are the same grade. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, because he uh, – I was chatting with him earlier. So, why does he call you Crib? Uh, just because we're from here. I mean, we're Crib. And, and same high school. Right. You know, right, same right. college. Right. Yes, yeah, yeah. I don't even know where that came from, but crib is kind of like a term that like a baby should be laying in that thing. But you know, when you play football, you learn a lot of lingo that I would never say. Yeah. Even talk a little different way and yeah. uh, dance a different way. Yeah. You know, learned a lot, man. Uh, the brothers know what they're doing. Right. Yeah. James is a great guy. I, have, I saw him last summer, and uh, he was he was uh, in a competitive. Not he, it wasn't competitive. He was playing chess in a bar. Ah. I was like, oh, I would have never thought I would run into I, you. I will never bring it up with him because. <laughs> <laughs> it's not because chess is easy because I would get my butt kicked. Um, it's just because I, I could just not see a former offensive lineman 
that played all through college and a couple years in the NFL before he got hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, playing chess. Yeah. We were in a crowded, 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 crowded bar, and I'm like standing right beside him trying to order a drink, and he's massive, and we start talking. And I'm like, wait, I think we went to high school together. I'm like, what are you doing? And he was like, playing chess. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? But that that's but James is real like mild. He's real chill. Yeah, mild so manner. He's yeah. not like a. You, you look at him, you're like, oh, that dude will kill you. But yeah. he's, he's soft until something goes down. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so how, how long were you in Charlotte before you left? Or how long did you live in Charlotte? You lived in Charlotte all your life? I've been here 30 out of my 40 years. 30 uh, out of your 40 years? Yeah. Um, uh, born in Kansas City, Missouri. Grew up a diehard Chiefs fan. Um, lived in Olathe, Kansas, then Moore, Oklahoma, Tornado Alley. Mm. And um, wow. my dad's uh, job moved our family from Oklahoma to Charlotte. Uh-huh. And he was Actually, he was in radio, but he was in radio sales. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And he had a great opportunity. Second, we moved here. The GM that hired him got fired. Mm-hmm. Um, so he moved the whole family from Oklahoma to North Carolina. We knew nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, I started fourth grade at First Ward here in Charlotte. I don't even know if it still exists, but um, it was actually, it's up, uptown, a near Discovery Place. I remember going there. It was like the best day of my life. <laughs> then uh, uh, I call it McClinic, but McClintock is yeah. what some people call it. Went there when it was a junior high. And it, now it's middle school, and then obviously East Mac for three years because it was tenth, tenth through twelfth. Um, is, is it not tenth through twelfth anymore? Is it? It's ninth through twelfth. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. McClinic is? No, that's sixth through eighth. So, yeah, what, what years were you there at at McClinic? Yeah. So let's see. So first wards fourth, fifth, and sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth. So uh, seventh through ninth grade, which would have been thirteen or so. Years do you old. remember? Uh, do you remember a kid named Matt Saltel? Yes. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. Like, I remember he left. We were at Providence State, and he left and went there for, uh, and finished out his school school time there. Yeah, I was just strictly soccer, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the coaches there. I tried out for a basketball team because my sister was a basketball star. Um, and I could shoot, but that's about the end of it for me. You know, yeah. I, can play, I can play defense, get rebounds, but when those guys are taller, it doesn't matter if you block them out. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they don't want just shooters. They want people that actually can play the game up and down the court. Um, I was asked to play football from the uh, fifth grade on. And it was, you know, I was a bigger guy, but at the same time, I had no desire to hit anyone and uh-huh. call, call it what you want. But I just, I was like, I had friends that were starting quarterback and different positions that kind of seemed out of it. But as kids, you think it's funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's an idiot. This is great. Well, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't realize he's probably had four or five concussions right. that he doesn't even know about because yeah. the training staff is like, you know, 15 year olds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they only know how to tape ankles, <laughs> you know. So. <laughs> But uh, so I saw that and it didn't really hit home. I was just like, you know, those guys are idiots. Football players are stupid. You know, that's that's what I was thinking. Soccer players get all the girls and they're smart. You know, that's, that was <laughs> my true. philosophy. You know, uh, now it's like baseball and, you know, it is still soccer, I guess, in college. But, right. you know, uh, so I, you know, I was asked forever. And, you know, until one person that has been in my life since birth, <laughs> my father, um, said something after my 11th grade year at East Mech. Um, I had no desire to play football. You know, I, he was like, listen, you've you got – I mean, I had straight A's. I was a 4.6 GPA. I was number 10 in my class. You know, like I was a nerd. I didn't go to parties. I, I told my parents, you don't have to worry about me going on spring break trips. My, my, my friends do drugs. Um, I was that guy. <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, I don't care yeah, what yeah. they do. I love them. But mm-hmm. I just didn't want to be around it. Right, and, sure. you know, I was a guy that worried about my grades because I really wanted to get a degree. Mm-hmm. I didn't bank on a sport making it, make it take and control my life. And uh, he said, you've done everything we asked you to do, um, but you know you got one more shot if you really want to try football since everybody's asked you. 
And I said, Dad, a football is shaped different than a soccer ball. I can score. I can kick that 80 yards. I can put spin on it. I can hit with outside of my foot, volley in, inside of my foot. And he was like, yeah, all that stuff's great. He said, but you can still kick if you, if you learn. And so he went out to the field, and I kicked it really far, just not really straight. And, uh, and I said, well, Dad, I, the whole point of this is kind of making it between those three poles, right? And he, goes, <laughs> he, goes, he goes, yeah, but, I mean, at least you're, you know you have the distance. You've got to learn right. the fundamentals. And so I went to a camp that I worked at for years. Uh, and I learned from and, uh, you know, got some fundamentals down and ended up at East Mac, you know, making nine for 11 in my first year. Mm-hmm. Never even put a helmet on except for when I was a kid running to the walls, my parents' house. <laughs> and it was a Bengals helmet out of all things. I don't know why the hell I picked that. Um, but I just liked the way it looked, looked like a tiger. Yeah. Um, you know, those little kids, you know I mean? Those little helmets as kids that have no padding. You run to the walls. You run to your sister. <laughs> yeah, I was that guy. But I didn't want to play. You know, I wanted to destroy the house. And, uh, you know, I did well. And shoot we, we played you said providence that was our rival they're supposed to kill us we killed them and they hit a 54 yarder and I, nice. all of a sudden i became relevant and mm-hmm. we had a couple good players that scouts came to watch so and i wasn't thinking anything of it i was a soccer captain you know and my soccer coach was so pissed because he was like if you get hurt dude right. like, well it's yeah. my last opportunity to try yeah. this and you know i did get hurt so I, you know it he wasn't happy but we ended up going to the state championship that year anyway mm-hmm. and um you know i did get healthy and my first ever game, um, high school game, so they used to move special teams up at the beginning of practice. Um, my head coach did in high school. And I went over there with shin guards on in my soccer outfit. And then I put shoulder pads on, put a jersey over, put my helmet on. It didn't matter if they were in full pads or what. And we would see how far I could kick, in, kick a field. We'd start extra point, move all the way back till I missed a couple. And I'd do kickoffs before, and I refused to punt because the snapper wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. I said, I am not getting hit. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, <laughs> with that mentality, it wasn't the first thing that happens. You get your ass knocked out. Yeah. Uh-huh. So my first game ever was against Olympic, this guy that looked like the guy from the program with a painted face. <laughs> so, if you know, in high school, if you hit it to the goal line or deeper, it's a touchback. Uh-huh. You can't return it. doesn't matter if they catch it or not. And it's an automatic touchback. I hit about two or three yards deep. My whole team's running off the field. This guy returns it. So I'm like, oh, he's an idiot. So, and then the ref doesn't blow the whistle. Hmm. So I'm the idiot. So now it's me against 11 dudes. <laughs> and, well, a couple of my teammates helped me out. But So I'm trying to – I think I'm going to push this guy out of bounds. I've never made a tackle in my life except when people aren't looking. <laughs> 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 I always win those. And, uh, and I just get absolutely planted by this huge linebacker. <sighs> uh, he looked like Keekly. In high school. So with all the same muscle. So I don't even know what steroid he was on, but it was probably legal then. But it didn't hurt. I get hit so hard. I hit the ground so hard. It didn't hurt, but I dislocated my shoulder. Oh, First play. So I didn't get knocked out. So I, so at least I don't think I did. And uh, so instantly I was hurt. And I was like, this is why I didn't play. Yeah. And But then, you know, you, you suck it up and move on. Mm-hmm. So obviously it worked out good years later. But – when you start off like that, you're like, I should have just stuck to soccer grades, man. <laughs> yeah. Your soccer coach in high school, though, I can remember your soccer coach. Like, so I played softball, and I had played like competitive ball my whole life, and I remember having to stay late and run the bases, and it would be dark, and it would be cold, and I always had to wait. Diana and I always rode we carpooled home and I would always have to wait on her because did he coach girls girls and guys soccer he yep. and he was he was a hard like my dad was one of my coaches oh, and he, he was, was hard he was a strict coach like mm-hmm. he would have y'all out there till like eight nine o'clock at night I mean right. like it was yeah. well I mean if, you, if you're playing well and you practice hard he was cool I mean mm-hmm. and like oh, seven <laughs> minutes early you know but if you're BSing in practice and uh, or if you lost to somebody you should have beat 
back then somebody like Garinger or something. You know, <laughs> I don't. I think I don't know how good they are now, but East Max average at best. But we were we we're one of the elite teams, so. I mean, we'd be joking around, screwing around, and we'd have to run around the track. It, you know, it's, it's pitch dark. I'm like, oh, you got to run a mile in six minutes. We're like, okay, well, when can I leave? Because that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> He's like, well, you can just run it twice. So I got I said eight laps, and I can leave. All right, cool. At least I know my limit. <laughs> but yeah, man, he was he was a badass, but he's a great coach. I mean, yeah. my sister and I learned a ton from him, mm-hmm. and he always had successful teams. Always. Have yeah, you seen no. him? Like, uh, did you ever go back and see him after you went on I and did. you were successful? I and... did, and I saw, they did a little retirement thing for him. I was there. Nice. Um, he lives uh, kind of near my parents. Okay. Near Providence High School, actually, okay. is where he lives. Mm-hmm. Nice. So he's retired from there? And, he is. And... Yeah, he is. Uh, I don't know what he's doing. Um, maybe nothing, but, you know, he earned every bit of it, man. He was there forever. Yeah, I always remember, like, coaches, like, good coaches that mm-hmm. I always have, and I'm sure you do. I mean, just, yeah. you know, certain things that and bad said ones. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those Remember stick those out, two. too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so uh, what do you think? I have to get an outsider's uh, opinion on all the stuff that's going on with the Panthers right now. So uh, what do you think? And can you uh, do you have any predictions what's, what, what's going to happen? I mean, especially these last four games. I mean. Well, you look at the schedule. I mean, you would think Seattle comes in and beats them by 30. Um, I mean, just going off what you've seen. Right. I don't know. I'd probably be way closer than that. Um, I mean, if I was a betting man, I would take Seattle because it's only a six-point spread, which is crazy. Right. Um, I mean, then you go to Indy, who was actually pretty hot there for a while, and they've cooled off. Um, That could be a game that Panthers can steal. Really, really, what what, what it boils down to is, I mean, and I talked about this on the radio last night, uh, you know, you you play these last games when you know you're out of the playoff picture. You still get paid, mm-hmm. um, and you play for pride and opportunity. Right. Um, I mean, if you have any kind of pride, you don't take plays off. Mm-hmm. You fight till the end. If you lose by thirty, you lose. If if you win by one, hell, you won the game. Right. And um, but it's more of an opportunity because there's a lot of free agents. There's going to get pe- people getting cut. Mm-hmm. Um, Tepper's not playing around. When you're a billionaire and you have a team, he doesn't care about feelings because um, he owns them. Um, he doesn't own their bodies and what they do for a living, um, but he does own their rights. Um, so I didn't see Rivera getting fired this early, but I also mm-hmm. saw him getting fired. Right. And it's to prove a point. It's not because Rivera sucks. Now, Rivera can go to Cleveland Browns and change that whole team. Mm-hmm. Um, he could go a handful of places as a head coach, not a defensive coordinator, and change the whole team. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, these guys, I don't know what happened because they had a few injuries, but the the, the big dogs are playing. Right. It's not like McCaffrey and Keekley and mm-hmm. all your big dogs have been out all year mm-hmm. and Cam, um, you know, which to me, he's a little above average, but nothing great in my opinion. Um, but that's my opinion. Um, but I mean, people are going to figure out Kyle Allen. I mean, he's a true backup. He's played his ass off. He's made plenty of mistakes. He's also made some great plays. And shoot, they were they had this whole city about to turn around and get back in those stands, and then they lost a couple. Now it's right. less yeah. than half full. Yeah. Um, you know, those, those Carolina fans though, they're not stealing. Fans. <laughs> you know, I, I don't. I don't. I guess the inconsistency to me, like we go we go play a team like the Saints, which we gave a run, should have won, and, or at um, least had a hell of a chance. Yeah, <laughs> and then we go play a team that we should be, you know, that, that we should absolutely just just Destroy. murder. Like the Redskins, yeah, <laughs> right. and we get and we just get fucking killed. Yeah, like 
I just don't understand. I don't get. I, I, you know, I, I don't play for a team. I don't. Uh, you know, I'm not a sports guy. Comes. I just don't understand how the inconsistency like that goes from one game where a game that, for a team that should just just kill us that we gave a good run for their money and they would turn right around for a team that we should absolutely win this game and we just uh, walk off the field. Like the, the only, it's, it's I don't. It's not really an excuse. I guess the only explanation I have is that everyone gets paid in this league. Mm-hmm. Everyone's capable of being on the Patriots of the world or the whoever your best teams are at whatever times. The 49ers this year, the Seattle. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's capable, the Chiefs, of playing on these teams. They just happen to play for those cities. But what happens once you're down after eight games, um, you're kind of like on on the fringe of, oh, if we play really good, we can make the playoffs. Or if, man, we've already lost six out of eight. Once you're there, people, I can't say quit is the term, but they play loosely. Mm -hmm. They don't want to get hurt. They look Mm -hmm. out for themselves only, Mm -hmm. even though they're investment. They look out. They look out for themselves. And get through these last few games, so I can play next year healthy. So they essentially come become a, a and, paycheck player. Correct, and, and it does happen. I mm-hmm. mean, you can kind of I see mean, that the energy on the field. I mean, the energy for the Panthers like this that. year in general, and is and I will give Thomas Davis a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he went to the Chargers, and they're full of energy. They're not a great team. They're good. But you could see Thomas, everyone playing harder when Thomas raised oh, yeah. his voice and, and, you know, got shit going yeah. with the Panthers. They don't have one guy like that. Cam, Cam was vocal for the wrong reasons about Cam. The C on his shirt stands for Cam, not Captain. <laughs> you, you know, um, McCaffrey's a quiet dude who just leads by example. Mm-hmm. Kiku's the same way. He gets fired up here and there, but he is not going to cuss his teammates out. Mm-hmm. Not how he plays. Mm-hmm. So they don't have a true leader. And their coach doesn't make an expression. Or didn't when he when he was here, and okay, that's fine if that's you know the ice grill is the way to go, but you know Bill Cowher spit on me numerous times <laughs> when I didn't even do the wrong thing. He just thought it was a different call, uh, but he was it's emotion. He's fired up, right? Like, come on, man, this is game day. It's your day. All we can do is make some plays and this and that. You screw him up, you're screwing your team, and it's not extra pressure. It's Tomlin, same way. Two different coaches in Tomlin and Cowher, but. He gets fired up when there's a big play, and he doesn't lose his shit when there's a shitty play. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how you have to coach because, really, coaches should know their role, and they do. I mean, you can get fired up. You can jump around. You can, you know, chest bump, do all that stuff. But, really, no matter how good your plan is, if, you're, if your players don't work the plan, you ain't going to win mm-hmm. in this league. College, Ohio State plays Western Carolina and plays terrible. They're going to win, mm-hmm. you know, by probably 40 still. But that's college. Yeah. I mean, when, at that at this level, um, you know, quits not the term I use because I hate that term. Mm-hmm. But they they people do take plays off. People do. Oh, I got a bruise, man. I think I'm out. I'm out this game. My knees messed up. Mm-hmm. And they go to a trainer and they may fake it, right? Make it worse. And I, I don't know if they do that because I you know I I wouldn't have the guts to do that. Mm-hmm. But it seems that way. Mm-hmm. And, and when you play with no fire and desire. Um, the Panthers hadn't played with that for about eight weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, and I understand that losing your captain, um, who this city uh, sees as Superman, uh, is a big deal. I do see that. Um, but he was also hurting the team because he was playing hurt. Yeah. Mm. I mean, if, if you, he's not the most accurate passer when he's healthy. And if you can't run, you don't need Cam in a game. Yeah. And, and I told everybody in preseason, if he's got a foot injury, he's out for the year. Yeah. 
It's yeah. not, you know, a foot sprain turn, and, and, you know, that Liz Frank or Liz Franck, however you say that, that's an eight-month recovery. Mm. I mean, that's two or three months in a boot. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, then on top of that, what bothers me, and maybe he was told to stay home, but I, I don't care anyway, uh, if you're a captain, man, you got to be on the sideline with a headset mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Show up. Show yeah. up and help your team, man. Yeah, yeah, bottom yeah. line, because yeah. believe it or not, a lot of those people do actually, you know, care about him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say – 70% want Cam still here, 30% don't mm-hmm. uh, for this city. I'm not against the guy. I've met him. He wasn't rude to me. But when you look at somebody that's going to lead your team, I mean, he had, he had a great opportunity in the Super Bowl and broke some records and all this and that and then didn't want to jump on a fumble. I mean, to me, that's like – it wasn't like he couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a Super Bowl game, dude, you, you put your body on the line, man. It, yeah. it, that, it may be a one-time opportunity. He got beat up pretty hard in that game. He, he did. A lot. He, he did. But, you know, if, if you fumble or someone else fumbles and you mm-hmm. see the ball, you go for it. Yeah. That could have yeah. changed the whole game. That's true. And, you know, it's just little stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That it's, I'm not saying any along the lines at all that people get paid off because that may or may not happen. I've never right. seen it. But I'm just saying in general, like, I mean, I, I, went, I, I went down to try to tackle people and I looked like a fool. <laughs> As a kicker, you know, I, I did do tackling drills in training camp mm-hmm. because I needed to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't Last get hurt, but I sure as hell didn't want to do the drills. But at the same time, if it comes down to it, I don't want the team to score. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, so I did that stuff. And I mean, I'll sure as hell lay it on the line, whether I look like an idiot or, you know, a superhero. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I just, with this team, man, I mean, uh, you got somebody that's invested $2 billion. Um, he's earned every bit of that. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a minority owner with the Steelers when I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I met him, don't know him. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's an investment to him, he's not worried about hurting people's feelings, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to see, business I don't know if Cam's getting traded and all that nonsense people are talking about. I don't know that. But I do know that you're not going to trade a guy that just had surgery. Right. <laughs> because yeah. if he doesn't pass yeah. it, if he doesn't pass physical, then he's coming right back to your team. It really depends on what we get in return. You know, if it's not, not a franchise quarterback or a top 10 pick or something that can really help us deep into the future, it's not worth it. Got to keep him. Yeah. I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't think Cam's a bad player, but I think he needs to be more of a leader than more mm-hmm. about himself. Right. Because. I mean, there are a lot of people that didn't agree with Ben Roethlisberger and his views and certain things he did off the field. Mm -hmm. Um, That dude would rally the guys, man. Right. He did. And he helped me to get two pieces of jewelry that I never thought I'd have being a soccer player. (laughs) Do you not wear those every day? No, no. I asked you you if you wanted me to bring anything. You said no. I said just bring your – well, I told him he didn't even have to bring his brain. Brain, yeah. You leave your brain at home too. No, but I I wear them to appearances and I do motivational speaking and some stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Charity events, of course, everybody wants to see him. But, right. yeah. but you know, I mean, it's it's something that I, it's still surreal to me, and mm-hmm. that's years later. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because there's guys that have played that are in the Hall of Fame that never had a playoff game in their life. Yeah. yeah. And, but they made a lot of money, and they're in the Hall of Fame, so that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the reason you play the game should be to be a champion. Mm-hmm. Should be. It's got to be such a crazy experience, the whole Super Bowl week. I've been to two, and they were so much fun as a, as a fan, as a spectator. Uh, but when you guys go out there, I mean, there's just uh, so much media attention. There's it's just kind of a surreal type thing. Just stepping out on that field for that game. Yeah, it's uh, it is very surreal. The practices are practices. I mm-hmm. mean, I can't say you feel you feel or kick different yeah. or play yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. Um, the game once it kicks off. Um, is the game mm-hmm. um, obviously you're playing for all the marbles in mm-hmm. order to be the first loser however you want to look at it um, but you know the, the coolest one of the coolest things I did of course I made, I made a couple of field goals in the games but mm-hmm. uh, the opening kickoff I had in Detroit mm-hmm. when we beat Seattle and I was blinded 
Hmm. Because you know all people take flashes of the opening kickoff. <laughs> right. So we lost the toss, and Seattle wanted to receive. Right. So instantly I was thinking to myself, nice and easy, don't change a thing. Mm-hmm. But when you're going up, you're obviously looking at the ball, but mm-hmm. you can feel around you. Oh, yeah. You yeah. can feel if there's a guy here, a guy there. or. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you're, it's like these these flashes are bouncing off the turf. Oh, and wow. I mean, you're almost blinded, and uh, it's pretty cool. I kicked it good, so that was good. But <laughs> it's a good thing you didn't shank it out of bounds. And, yeah, because that'd have been like that was, that was great. That's worth taking a picture of. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, and you know that game was super cool too because mm-hmm. um, had a couple teammates um, promised Jerome the Super Bowl, which mm-hmm. you know that was just to get him back to play one more mm-hmm. year. And not only did he come back for another year because his body was so beat up, he was in his hometown. Right. And in Detroit, yeah, he ran out of the tunnel by himself because um, we wanted him to. Mm-hmm. Everybody wore Jerome Bettis number six Notre Dame jerseys mm-hmm. um, on the plane, nice. and uh, his mother had the entire team, training staff, coaches over for a meal. Oh, and wow. uh, oh you know, God. those are things you just never forget. Wow. How many people is that? Wow, yeah, uh, I don't know, but I mean, we were we were eating with like <laughs> our, our hands crossed, and hey, can you scoot over so I can get a bite? <laughs> and, and then when you're full, it's like an Italian family. Here's your second plate. <laughs> yeah. and you're like well we got to move in like four days <laughs> but yeah that was uh, that was really cool I mean That's the memories cool. some of the memories like that and then I hit a game winner in a Jets playoff game at home mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. their their kicker missed two opportunities to beat us we were number one seed had to buy everything yep. and we should have lost I hit a game winner and Jerome jumped in my arms in the locker room <laughs> I'm not a small guy but he's big man. he is huge and about broke my back And but I mean he's just like damn a Hall of Famer jumped in my arms right. he's proud of me yeah. um, but you know things like that is what you remember I yeah. mean yeah. of course I remember a couple games I screwed up too but um, everybody else hopefully won't remember those <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't they only remember the good times except for I mean you know being a Carolina Panthers fan there's, there is that Super Bowl against the Patriots and that field goal that We'll never forget, but <laughs> it's in the past. Well, okay. and they always blame John Casey for kicking a kickoff out of bounds. Right. You know, right, right John's right. such a good guy. I'm oh, like, I know. Hey, I'm sorry, man. You know, we've, we've been down this road before. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, then again, what happened to the defense? You right. know, New England got 30 quick yards and Ben yeah. Terry, you know, knocked it dead. Yep. That's yeah, just the yeah. way it goes, man. It you is. know, it's, it's human error. But people expect if you're getting a paycheck, you don't screw up. Do you think the kickers uh, these days, I mean, nothing's really changed except, they, you know, the distance as far as extra points and things like that. But you're seeing a whole lot of misses. It seems like a lot of kickers are struggling these days. I mean, you'll watch any any given Sunday, you'll see so many misses. It's, it's, it's weird. It's like there's more now than there has been in the past. Yeah, you know, I had a guy from the Colts um, that does um, media out there with mm-hmm. Indianapolis because of Terry's struggles this year mm-hmm. called me twice for interviews. And I was, I was hoping it was to kick, but um, <laughs> but I know Adam personally, and uh, he's a great guy, and I was obviously a Hall of Famer. But he, he called asking, first of all, what's wrong with him, as if I know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was real humble about it because we've all had our struggles in mm-hmm. life, let alone mm-hmm. on the football field. Um, but the second guy called, and he was like, asked the same question you just asked me, and that was actually two days ago. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, the college game has gone down big yeah. time with yeah. kickers. Yeah. Um, punters, I don't really I pay attention to, but unless one cut catches my eye, I don't. Kickers have been really bad. I mean, really short field goals, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, in college. And obviously those are the guys that are going to be your next NFL kickers. Mm-hmm. Um, NFL percentage kickers has uh, – uh, kicking percentage has gone down 
six percent in the last uh, seventeen years since mm-hmm. two thousand two. Yeah, uh, that's a huge percentage when you put all those guys in one in one bucket. Yeah, and guys like Justin Tucker from Baltimore, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I think there's two or three other guys. Somebody Myers, so I don't even know where he plays, but he's ninety something percent. Those three guys are holding up the league. They'd be down about eight to ten percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, you got a bunch of super strong dudes that mm-hmm. can't kick it straight. I know. Yeah. And I mean, they'll kick, it, they'll kick it 85 yards, though. Yeah. They <laughs> so if you're like, man, he kicked that far. <laughs> yeah, he didn't get any points. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, you know, so that's the difference. Like when I played, there were some super strong guys, but mm-hmm. they were, it was an accuracy game. Yeah. I mean, I felt like all the time playing in Pittsburgh, if we're up by 20, mm-hmm. we're going we're gonna to win by three mm-hmm. or less. And it, I don't know how the games play out like that. In Pittsburgh, they did. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we'd be up twenty-one-three and win twenty-four. You know, twenty, and and you're like, why does it have to do this? Y'all can just blow them out, and make my job easy. <laughs> um, but that's that's how I felt every game. Yeah, and um, every game going into it, I knew that it was going to come down to either a kick I kick early mm-hmm. in the game or a game winner, and right. Uh, right. it didn't always. I mean, I had a handful of game winners and. You know, I cost my team the Chicago Bears game at Soldier mm-hmm. Field that we don't talk about. But, right. um, but you know, those you live and learn from those. And the game of football can teach you so much about life. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the one thing, being a kicker, it's it's mental, man. I mean, if you yeah. get to the NFL, you know how to kick. Yeah. I mean, if you get to a certain um, – if you get to a CEO position, you probably know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But it's – what, are you going to buckle when the pressure's on you? Yeah, right. it's like you, anything. It, it, you have one job. That's what yeah. it always comes down to. When it comes down to those three points, I'm like, you have one job. Everybody this, says this that. is what you have. <laughs> but do you know the people this that say that? You've been practicing for all week. Just do your job. Right. Then I say, guess what? When it's 75, we'll have wind behind you, and it's sunny. I'm going to come out there and watch you kick. <laughs> right. But that's I'm not I a say. kicker, Jeff. I'm not a kicker. Well, that's I've not just, my job. Yeah, but that's your one job, right? <laughs> your one job is not to screw up on the radio. <laughs> you ever done that? Uh, I've had you said some, you did I've two weeks some, ago. I've had some bloopers. <laughs> <laughs> full of blooper reels. I'm, I'm full of blooper reels. I guess you, you can't really screw up on the radio unless you're quoting your stats and you're full of crap. Yeah. Uh, I guess. I'm not a numbers person at all. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm not either. I'm more of like, you know, inside the locker room kind of questions for me uh-huh. because I can look at stats all day. I mean, look at Tom Brady's stats. They're not that bad, but he's not having a good year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that defense was carrying them. Now the defense is all of a sudden defense giving up points. Yeah. And they don't look like a dominant team like they have been. Yeah. You know, it's just little stuff like that. Who cares if he's got 3,500 yards passing, mm-hmm. not too many interceptions and 19 touchdowns. He's, he's middle of the league in all, in all the categories. You think it's time for him to, to gracefully bow out? I don't know, man. You know, a guy competitive like that, mm-hmm. I mean, he's obviously won more than any of us can imagine. Um, it's <laughs> tough to watch from the sidelines, too. Man. Yeah. And, and, he's and, still got it. He's right. still got it. And, and it's like Vinatieri. Mm-hmm. Like, he's on IR. I mean, I'm sure he's not lying about any injury right. just because he was struggling this right. year. Yeah. But you're going to go to the Hall of Fame and with that season? I know. Don't they have uh, some controversy going on right now with the Patriots? Yes, they this do. This is kind of his biggest deflate gate. Like, somebody was oh, filming somebody else. Well, you know, that. what happens with videographers from the next the next week's opponent or a couple weeks out, whatever, they film the game because mm-hmm. that's legal. Um, but when you're zoomed in on a sideline of the mm-hmm. Bengals, that's who they play this week. When you're zoomed in on a sideline of the Bengals, uh, get that's more towards signals, not like personnel. You can see who runs on on off the field. Mm-hmm. You don't. So I, that stuff. See the deflate gate. Who cares if a ball's flat? You still got to play football. 
Um, but filming signals and that's that is BS, man. Yeah. I had no yeah. I had no idea about that. In a couple of years, I was over here at the practice field, and you know, I'm just a local blogger. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that I was not allowed <laughs> to be filming through the, the golf cart. Got you. But I was filming, and the golf cart guy comes up and he's all, "Ma'am," and I'm like, "I'm just doing some videos for my blog." And he's like, "Yeah, you can't do that." And I was like, right. do, yeah. "Do you think like?" And then I was like, "Oh, it dawned on me like, right. oh, I could be like selling this to right. whatever." Right. Yeah, you could have fake credentials on and you yeah. got through it and you could I didn't even have credentials on I just walked up and was kind of standing up in a tree <laughs> you were up in a tree well, that, yeah. well that's probably yeah. the reason that looked, that, I would pull up on a golf cart too there's that a lady in a tree like, hanging from a tree it, it with a cell this phone this is not the zoo somebody it send, send a golf cart over a big tree yeah. <laughs> yeah, Patriots they're, got they're, in trouble for that once before too didn't they with they the videotaping yeah. yeah yeah they did so um, they should know yeah well, I mean, how'd they get caught well, how do you catch somebody that, that this, this is past, allowed to this film? This past week, somebody from Cleveland said the guy from the Patri- with the Patriots shirt on is filming the sideline mm-hmm. to the Bengals dude. Ah, uh, and then that got back to why would you wear your Patriots shirt? I mean, it would be a little bit more incognito. Like, I don't know. I don't know how it all went down, but it may even be like it. Maybe he didn't have Patriots stuff on. He just had it. For his, you know, he has to have credentials. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't lie about that and won't let you in an NFL stadium. So maybe it was around his neck or maybe it was on his camera. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's crazy how – well, you know, sometimes on the field, and I don't know all the calls on offense and defense. I mean, I'm a special teams guy. But, I mean, you can – like you'll see a personnel group come into the huddle and you'll see the defense calling to play. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and they haven't even come out of their, you know, their huddle. And you're like, I mean, now sometimes because there are good defensive players and good mm-hmm. defense coordinators out there, but I mean, all the time, I mean, that's crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to Tony Romo do games, if he, he would be a hell of a, co- a defense coordinator because oh, yeah. he yeah. instantly knows the plays according to personnel. This he is what does. they're going to do on third and seven. He's amazing with that. Yeah, it's he, crazy. he'll call every play right then and there. And and I, don't, right. I don't necessarily know what he's talking about, mm-hmm. but he explains it for the people that are dumb like me. Uh, and and he, and the and the plays are like ideal, identical to what he's uh, saying. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. He calls it almost every time. Yeah, perfectly. And he don't want that pressure, so he'll stay in the booth. I'm sure. But. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell us what you're doing now. You're doing a show over at WCCB with QCB. Yeah. So TV, I do um, the Edge with Morgan Fogarty. Mm-hmm. And, Love Morgan. Uh, yeah, Morgan's great. Yeah, Morgan's my girl and Q. Um, and whoever else is on there when I'm on there. I'm used to doing Monday nights. Yeah. Um, because they want me on there to either, you know, be an idiot towards the Panthers or uh, defend them. <laughs> uh, so, you know. Do you defend the Panthers ever? I do. I mean, yeah. it's so obviously it's Steelers well, are your team. Actually, I just, I, I don't, I don't defend the Steelers all the time either. Yeah. No, I mean, I just speak the truth. When you're, when you're in this business, if you're one-sided or it's like if Tony Romo, you know, said everything great about the Cowboys only. Yeah. You, you can't you right. can't make it right um i'm not going to sit here and bash everybody i right. mean because i'm sure i've been bashed i have been i don't like it <laughs> you know i don't like it but um but i do think people need to know the truth and, right. and they need and need to know a person that's been in a locker room before his opinion mm-hmm. um but i do that on tuesdays i usually do q's uh, radio show mm-hmm. on uh that's that's beasley that's on uh fox on, yeah 94.7 yeah they're right. trying to get that station off and kicking he's funny he's a comedian you know q <laughs> yeah so. i know q yeah so q's funny anyway and uh his stats even though his, his he says they're uh facts only yeah well if you listen <laughs> um, but we have a good time you know yeah. it, it's it is there is some good sports talk he does have some good guests um 
Um, but you know, it's fun. You know, and if radio is not fun, what's the point of doing exactly. it? Exactly. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, we were listening to uh, the guys on WFNZ the other mm-hmm. day. They were down at a Waffle House. They lost a bet how to go down to a That's Waffle cool. House. <laughs> nice. Broadcast right outside of uh, George, or right outside of Atlanta for the game. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, good radio show, good TV shows. And then you're also doing stuff. Uh, we have a mutual friend, Brad Stubbs. You said you're working with, are you working with high school kids that are? Yeah, I have uh I have about a handful of guys now. I used to have a lot more, but when they go to college, some don't want to play anymore. And then I have it. one of my main protégés is the kicker for the Gamecocks. Um, you know, he earned a scholarship in the in the uh, spring game this year, and nice. uh, he's I think he's got maybe two years, at least one more year left. And nice. obviously, they're not performing; they're underperforming for sure. But it's a hell of a school to play at, right. and uh, so I coach. Um, I'm starting my own camp next summer. I've already started planning for it. Nice. nice. I've been wanting to do it forever, but when you don't have the right people in your corner, um, you fail. And I don't believe in that word. And um, I had people that were like, "Oh yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it." And then they disappear for three months. And you're like, "Well, you know, doing it means like the next couple of weeks right. we got to have a meeting and talk about." Right. Yeah. So I have a few people behind the scenes. Um, you know, doing all the stuff that I don't want to do. <laughs> you know, all the stuff that matters, right. but I don't want to do. Right. And uh, you know, I can do the on-field stuff and with my eyes closed um, in my sleep. But um, you know, because my goal, my goal in my camp is yes to make kids better kickers and punters, mm-hmm. but to to make them better people. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. I, you know, I think that the times when you're taking a water break and you say, you know, what it's hot out here, let's go in the shade and talk for a few minutes. And as kids, you know, kids, their attention span is pretty bad. But if one or two or five get something out of it, other than man, I got better as a kicker, mm-hmm. um, then you did your job. Yeah. Right. Because I tell stories that I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell. You know, I would tell adults, not kids. But I tell kids the truth, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, and because a lot of them think. You're an instant millionaire if you make it to the NFL. Right. Uh, a lot of them think. What, you're not? A lot of them, yeah, <laughs> right. A lot of them think that, uh, oh, you'll be in the Hall of Fame. A lot of them think, you, you know, you can walk on water like you're a second Jesus. And, uh, you know, because that's what, that's what kids, mm-hmm. that's what they think. They see the fame and they see everything on the internet. They don't realize the work you have to put in to do right. it. Right. They, get they think they're handed stuff. Um, and they also think they can act like complete jackasses like some of these clowns are in NFL now. Um, and, you know, telling now, Jeff, teams what they're going to do. You think about that, would you? <laughs> no, 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 I wouldn't. I mean, I'll go out and have a good time, but that's okay when you get older. Uh, I mean, like trying to tell, talk. calling GM's numbers, uh, I mean, names, and uh, telling them they're going to quit. And, right, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, you, just, right. you live and learn, but there's certain things that you know you're doing wrong and you do it anyway right. yeah. kind of thing. So, I mean, so that's that's my goal of my camps is, uh, you know, and, and get private lessons out of it, too. Right. You know, I'm starting off with a camp in, in this area in Charlotte, and then I'm going to do one in Pittsburgh, PA. Nice. And I'm limited the number of kids. It's first come, first serve. Um, and it's not because I don't want 60. It's because the first one's going to be, this is what's went great. This is what needs work. And so it's not going to be a huge camp. It's going to be a very personable camp. So is it going to be a nonprofit camp, like something affordable? Because that's the one thing I know when Thomas Davis did his camps. I know there's like NBA camps here. They talk about the money, like the equipment and all the, you know, things that go into that. So how's, I mean, is that going to be a first? Well, well no, I mean, I mean, this the whole point starting this is a, is a stream of income for myself, mm-hmm. um, but it's more than fair. More than fairly priced, and uh, I mean, we supply three meals. I mean, you get a breakfast, you get lunch, and you get a snack in between. Um, it's three sessions in one day, and it's going to turn in hopefully to an overnight camp. Okay. I mean, so the first camp's going to be—I'm I'm selling myself short. 
uh, as far as what I'm charging because I want people to see the value of coming. Right. And then once one kid tells another kid and those kids, and now there's going to be a hundred. Now I got to find people to help me coach. Right. Um, so that's, that's the goal. I mean, it's more than affordable. Um, and there are, there are, there are sponsorships. I mean, all that stuff. And that's awesome. Looking forward to it. I mean, there's a lot of work to be put in between now here at Christmas time and July, but, um, it's okay, you know, and I'm also doing. Um, I'm in the CBD industry too. Oh, sweet! Um, oh, because you're doing that. There's. I'm. I'm. A, I'm just a um, distributor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's through a company. It's not my company. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing is there's so much negative publicity out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I can't claim anything. Um, but it completely changed my life 18 months ago. Right. And nice. and what you happened? know you you can call it a placebo, you can call it what you want, but you have a system in your body called the endocannabinoid system. Mm-hmm. Doctors don't know that. You may not know that. Um, I had no idea. You know, I'm used to digestive reproductive, you know, all <laughs> all the shit you learn, right? Uh, so you know, when I got into this, it was just a random phone call when I left the car dealership um, after 3 years there. I was a finance director and that was that was cool. Met a lot of cool people, um, but you had no life. Um, and it's nothing against people that are in the business, but when you're working eighty hours a week, um, it's not really that fun. Right. <laughs> Regardless of the paycheck, it ain't worth it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got out of that and got a call about uh, the CBD stuff, and I thought it was CDB. I had no idea. I was like, <laughs> "What the hell are you talking about?" So I, I finally got. I, I hung the phone up numerous times on this person, and and I finally uh, I finally listened, and it was about an hour. A three-way phone call and I just took notes and it was about six pages of notes then I was of course I'm a journalist so I'm spelling stuff all wrong it stressed me out but <laughs> I'm going through we just have OCD so I'm going through the notes and researching stuff and doing this and doing that and I mean I mean it helps you from anything from just minor anxiety and pains to yeah. cancer I yeah. mean like these things my parents my grandparents died of diabetes mm-hmm. uh, I mean I, my dad swears by it now because it's in his family. It's in, it's in my family, but it's his side of the family. And I mean, for me personally, I'll tell a quick a quick story because uh, I mean, my story is long and I speak to people about it. But basically, when you think information, people think injuries. People think, oh, my knee hurts, my ankle hurts, my neck hurts, my back hurts. Okay, that is information. Mm-hmm. But information starts in your brain. Yeah. And if your brain can be cleansed, and, and you, you ignite your endocannabinoid system, make all the other systems work right, everything else feels better anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't wake up miserable. You don't think, wait, you, like when you go to a bar or restaurant and you're sitting next to somebody, whether you know them or you don't, hey, how was your day? They're like, oh my God, so glad it's over. Everybody says that. Right. <laughs> or 99 out of 100, I'll give one person the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> but I mean, I don't, I mean, I was saying that. I'm not a negative person. And it's got me to a point where I actually, I'm the, I'm not the I'm not the you know happy go lucky guy every single day and this, my life isn't perfect, but I'm to a point where I actually enjoy what I'm doing. I'm doing a bunch of different things. None of them pay millions, but I'm affecting people's lives in a positive way, which puts me in a, per, a great place. And finances come when you do that to people. Mm-hmm. Right. If you think money, money, money. It's gonna you're gonna struggle, right? Yeah, yeah. we're all big mm-hmm. fans of CBD. We've had yeah. um, Christian from Cannabuddy out mm-hmm. in uh, Plaza Midwood yep. here. Uh, Brandon met him and brought him in the studio, and he was with Homeland Security, and he left Homeland Security to start his own CBD business. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so. see, mine's not my own. I mean, I do do a business through their company, but it's uh, mine is I'm a, I'm a distributor because I know if I can get the product in people's hands, mm-hmm. then they'll they'll you know want to be distributors as well. And that's right. how I do. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. 
It's helped me feel so much better. I mean, the, I love the, it. the injury from uh, from kicking footballs. I mean, anytime before it snows, I feel it. It aches a couple of days beforehand, but just general aches and pains as you get older from old injuries like that. My knee. Um, after I guess about three or four days of uh, first trying CBD, those little aches and pains went away, and it was it, nothing else has ever made that happen. It, it, it took me about. 14 days to fill anything mm-hmm. and it's not like a feeling it's something just right. clicks yeah mm-hmm. and you know i can't say oh my god you can feel like you can fly no. you know you can jump off a balcony land on your feet <laughs> yeah. that would be a terrible idea well, but uh, it just is something clicks and it and tell me it's in your head first yeah because it's your brain yeah but then it it, it transmit it, it transmits all the energy and all the focus throughout your body where the information is mm-hmm. Because for years we take pills and pills and pills or shots, that are shots mm-hmm. and, and, cu- and cut off the blood flow to an area and think, oh, I feel great. Four hours later, you can't walk. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, 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 when I say I played in the NFL, I did a Tordal shot every week. Yeah. So I played over 100 games. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at nine full seasons, that's 16. Actually, that's 100. That's about 130. Actually, because we were in playoffs and preseason, so that's over 200 games. Mm-hmm. And then I played a little bit in, with Seattle in my uh, mm-hmm. preseason in 2011. Mm-hmm. But I did a shot in every single game. Mm-hmm. And in the Super Bowl, when my hamstring is about to fly off, mm-hmm. um, I did two, one at halftime. Yeah. I mean, that is terrible for you. Right. If you don't know what Tordal is, you probably do. It's a huge dose of ibuprofen that you inject in your butt. Mm-hmm. And your pain, unless you have a torn ACL yeah. or something, your minor aches and pains and anything bothering you goes away for eight hours. Mm-hmm. And unless you get hurt in the game, you feel nothing until you kind of come off your high mm-hmm. and your adrenaline slows down. Mm-hmm. And about 9 o'clock at night after 1 o'clock game, you're like, oh, my God. And you're 20-something <laughs> years old. Can't get up off the couch. Right. And, and a lot of people, and I mean, this this could be another day we could talk about this, too, because I have a cannabis certified cannabis nurse I work with, mm-hmm. and I think she'd be great for this if you wanted to do some, a oh, segment cool. or something on it. I'm totally intrigued but, by the whole CD, CBD yeah. thing. But I mean, it's, it's just like you have to know what you're getting. I mean, mm-hmm. I can sit here and say my product's the best. It's only $40. Or you can buy something that's worthless for $500. Mm-hmm. Or you can know what you're buying with the ingredients and mm-hmm. proof in the pudding and your brain scans and everything else like the company I work with does. Right. And then you don't. You can explain it, but you don't have to act like you're a doctor. Yeah. Because that's, that's why the negative pub- publicity happens on TV and stuff. Yeah. Because people don't know what they're buying. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's becoming so much more acceptable. I mean, like the NFL especially. Like mm-hmm. I was shocked this year. We did the uh, Ron Rivera Bolapalooza, and they had a CBD company as a sponsor. Yeah. And I was shocked. But then I saw Steve Smith did something, and mm-hmm. they had a CBD. Jonathan Stewart. Yeah, they've, and Jonathan Stewart's doing it now. So I think it's just becoming super, you know, accepted. Um because it doesn't pop on a drug test or anything. It doesn't, but once again, you got to be careful because the guy from the Browns got suspended like, I don't know, 10 games or something, mm-hmm. a receiver from the Browns, and it was CBD related. Yeah. I have no idea what was in he, what he right. was taking, but right. I need some of that. <laughs> uh, I don't get drug tested, but, but I mean, it, like, I mean it's, it's literally illegal in the NFL because mm-hmm. of the, the FDA not regulating it. Right. But Which a is shot stupid. of a shit ton of ibuprofen in your yeah. ass is okay. Right, but I mean, if you know what you're taking, you'll never get caught, you're good anyway. But yeah. it's the people that say, oh, CBD, yeah, let me have that. Well, yeah. it could have a ton of THC. And if you're, and you only get tested, what people don't know in the NFL is, if you, unless you've been in a program, got caught before um, with the, with marijuana, mm-hmm. um, it, you get tested one time in training camp, and if you pass it, you can smoke weed all year. Mm-hmm. Not People don't understand that. No, mm-hmm. they can't unless you've been in the program, which means you've been caught before. Right. 
Now, that's different. Like Le'Veon Bell, San Antonio Holmes I played yeah. with. Those guys, they're in the program, so if they got caught, they're in trouble. Yeah. But the only thing they, t- they test for is street drugs. I mean, they don't – and now they do a little bit of HGH stuff too, mm-hmm. um, which is probably a good idea because there's some guys from the program out there, man. There's dangerous so, sport. So much stuff out there. I feel – I mean, I don't feel bad for cops, but, God, they pull people that have, like, CBD mm-hmm. or they have – like, the drinks we had last week, they're coffee, right. but they have 5% alcohol in them. Um, I mean, just so much stuff that you just don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, you yeah, saw yeah. that grandma in Orlando at Disney World got arrested. Yeah. I mean, what she do? Or her kid had like uh, you know seizures and stuff. So if she would give him a CBD. Well, she had it in her purse going into Disney World. This was this was probably six months ago, uh-huh. and I guess they just took it. And she goes, "No, I need that for my son." But she didn't know what she bought, so the THC level was way too high. So uh-huh. she got arrested for having drugs. Yeah, and what? I'm not I'm not against marijuana, but it still is illegal, you know, yeah. in a lot of places. So, uh, yeah, but she had no idea. It's, it's, it's happened a to a lot of like uh, uh-huh. older women or older people that are using it for pain management, and they like go to get on a flight, yeah. and they get caught, yeah. and they don't realize they're like, you know, no. I mean, it's not like it was doctor prescribed. I mean, a doctor right. can't tell you yes or no, but that's why um, I always save my receipt when I go and buy some. Just. <laughs> For that from little the drug tiny dealer? chance, <laughs> right? I get a receipt. Meets in the, the Walmart parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. Then I act like I'm doing something illegal, but I know I'm doing something great for somebody. <laughs> uh, I use yeah. it for, for anxiety, man. Like it's not really anxiety; it's just more or less. Brandon's so leg. So Brandon's legs sits and shakes like forever. He's, I just, he's like just one got of those, restless leg. Yeah, he's got that restless leg thing going. I do it too, though. When I'm like, I'm fidgety. just, I'm just always like. Go, 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 go. Like, right. I don't really fidget, but well, it calms you down. Yeah. You know, it, it, it settles yeah. you. Keeps to, you. Yeah, to where, to where you can focus on, <laughs> let's do this first, then on to the next one. Yeah, right. Instead of let's do these all at once. <laughs> Helps you focus a little bit. Instead of doing like nine things at once, I can, uh, I can do three things Right, at once. that's right. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, it, it bothers me with the, you know, being in the business. Um, I never thought I would be in it. Um, but it helped me so much. It's like, I can't let this go. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so mm-hmm. many people out there that need this, mm-hmm. but they need the education first. Yeah. I think we're just opening the door on it too. There's probably so much more we don't know about it that oh, can sure. really help us. You know? Yeah. And, and you know, it's oil carriers versus water soluble, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Like we, we don't even call our CBD oil. We don't have oil in it. Mm-hmm. It's water soluble. So yeah. you, you take it, the tincture under your tongue mm-hmm. before you even swallow. It's pretty much already in your system. Yeah. I mean, and it doesn't taste like crap. It's mm-hmm. all it's all organic stuff. So cool. that's what people need to know because if you look at a, if you look at a bottle and you're, you're looking at a thousand milligrams, mm-hmm. but you want that one over the five hundred milligrams, if it's got MCT oil, coconut oil, one of those mm-hmm. in it, you get six percent of that. Right. So you're getting sixty. Yeah. And if you got well, if it's water soluble, you get all five hundred. Yeah. And so that's yeah. that's what people don't know. Right. And there's, and there's CBG. So, say it again. So so oil carriers are. Your hemp seed oil, MCT oil, coconut oil, whatever oil. Uh-huh. Um, if those are in your CBD, um, regardless of how it tastes, I don't care if something tastes bad if it helps me. But regardless of how it tastes, if that if if you got a thousand milligram bottle and it's got one of those oil carriers in it, uh-huh. you absorbed six percent of the CBD because oil carriers of fatty acid get stuck in your in your gut and. So you're only going to get 6% in your bloodstream in a CBD. So 6% of 1,000 is 60. Okay, so if you got something that's water-soluble, it bypasses the GI tract, gets right into your bloodstream instantly. Within milliseconds, you get all 500 milligrams. Oh, interesting. So that's what people don't, don't know. Damn. You're just like, oh, Learned this works. But, you know, uh-huh. I mean, I, I know that only because I've been in it for a year and a half. Yeah. Um, I had no idea. I said, what the hell's the difference? How's it taste? You know, all the stupid questions that a 
a rookie would ask. But now I can explain it as if I'm a doctor. But you, you know, the, the thing you got to stay away from is making a claim. And yeah. Doctor Reed in the house. Yeah, no, 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 not at all. Not at all. But no, if you if you guys do want um, um, my friend I work with, uh, she's awesome, mm-hmm. and she's also helped me with kicking camp. The behind oh, the cool. scenes part I don't yeah. want to do. So um, she she you guys, if you think I know some stuff, I mean, she I, I learn something every time I talk to her. Yeah. And, How'd you and, meet her? Um, actually, I met her. Remember the uh, lip sync challenge with the Mecklenburg County Sheriff's Department? Mm-hmm. I was in that. <laughs> oh, cool! And she actually uh, she asked a buddy of mine who recommended I be in it because the one of the top sheriffs, not the head sheriff, not Car- not Carmichael at the time, but his um, uh, Talisa White. Yeah, um, she's diehard Steeler fan. So I surprised her. She almost had a heart attack in a video. <laughs> but we did grease lightning and all that nonsense. But, uh, oh my it, god! It, it was good though. I'm gonna have to Google that. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's funny. I only got a couple parts, but it was still funny. Nice, nice. I think those camps are so awesome. You know, I told you mm-hmm. Thomas Davis has his camp, and then I met Nate Connolly last mm-hmm. year that has the NBA camp. That it basically you know, teaches these guys how not to get screwed trying yeah. to get into the draft. Yeah. Um, so I think those kind of things are awesome, mm-hmm. especially at that age where they're so, uh, they're absorbing everything, but they're just so, you know, hungry just to get anywhere. Right. So, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Muggsy's got a good one. He's been doing that for mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he kills it, you know, but, you know, that's the ultimate goal. But, I mean, like I said, I'm not focusing on how much can I charge these people and they'll say yes. Right. I'm focusing on, man, if I help them, they're going to come back. Right. Yeah. And who better to learn from <laughs> than uh, the person that's got the, the second most points in Pittsburgh Steelers history? Yeah, yeah man, that's crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, hopefully that doesn't go away. But nah. records are meant to be broken, man. I, I, right now I'm the first loser. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Anderson got me. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's take a quick break here. We'll come back in a couple of minutes with more from Jeff Reed, two-time Super Bowl champion kicker for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we'll pull out the listener questions to put you on the hot seat. It's all coming up next. QC Confessional Podcast on RadioCharlotte.com. Hungover from another bar crawl. What the fuck happened last night? <sighs> it's okay. We are too. Hey, bro, you mind putting on some pants? Radio Charlotte. The bar crawl of Charlotte Radio. Am I missing a tooth? Hello, I'm Angelo Dutzeris, a.k.a. CLT Mortgage Guy, President CEO of Leverage Lending. We are Charlotte's premier five-star rated local mortgage company. We understand the mortgage process may be confusing. At Leverage Lending, we leverage our online digital platform with our combined experience of over 20 plus years to create a streamlined process to get you from application to closing with ease. If you're in the market to purchase a home, we can get you in with as little as 3% down. Contact one of our expert consultants today to discuss your home finance needs. At Leverage Lending, we make lending easy. Leverage Lending Group, lending made easy. Call 704-248-8742 or visit their website, lendwithleverage.com. Equal housing lender, NMLS license number 40030. And we are back. QC Confessional Podcast on RadioCharlotte.com. We're here with two-time Super Bowl champion kicker for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mr. Jeff Reed. Thanks for coming by, man. Yeah, Appreciate man. It's been fun. fun. Yeah, absolutely. You forgot to mention that he's an East Met graduate. And, and, and that's what I was getting <laughs> and, uh, to. Tar Heel alum. <laughs> yes, Tar Heel alum. We, we, we weren't necessarily going to talk about yeah, the Tar Yeah, we can Heels. talk about that. Ren's a Duke fan. <laughs> <laughs> that's I, all right. I grew up around the Duke campus, you know, and uh, Duke soccer, of course, you know, back then was, uh, was really big. Oh, yeah. No doubt, so. Jeff. What brought what brought you back to Charlotte after after NFL? Uh, my family's here. Um, my, well, my my parents are. My sister's in Pittsburgh. Um, she moved there when I was in my third year, 
moved in. I got a townhouse. She lived with me. She still lives there, and she's a uh, massage therapist. So Nice. But I, I go back and see her a handful of times a year. She comes down for Christmas and Thanksgiving and stuff and my birthday. But really, it's just, I mean, I love all four seasons. I mean, Pittsburgh, I could have probably 400 more jobs um, <laughs> just because the fan base. But, um, you know, it's uh, this time of year, man, you don't even want to go outside. Yeah. Right. And it's not that bad. It's not like you're going outside and, you know, Michigan or one of those, I mean, Minnesota. Yeah, 50 below places. But mm. I've also played football negative 27 degrees, and that's an interesting uh, temperature yeah, to play that, in. Man. You know, Rod Smith had a story about uh, <laughs> Kevin Green. They were playing in uh, playing Bay. In Gr- Green Bay, and it was neg- negative 37 degrees or, or something. something. crazy. And, uh, he's like, and he was like, man, you need to put on some, some thermals or something, this or whatever. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, man, I got, I got this. And he was like, no, <laughs> no man, you don't got this. He's like, I'm telling you. He's like, I'm from, up here. I'm from Minnesota. He's like, I'm, it, this is a different kind of cold. And he said they went out and played the first half of the game, and uh, I came back in for for halftime, and they couldn't find Kevin Green. Kevin Green was in the in the showers in a fetal <laughs> position on the floor with three or three of the hot water showers, like like pouring down, trying to raise his body I, I temperature bet. up. <laughs> well, you know, we had a thing in Pittsburgh, and it was just like a tradition. Obviously, they don't carry it over now because there's a lot of people with sleeves on, but the tradition was. Um, nobody could wear sleeves no matter what the weather was like hmm. and only person that did every once in a while we had a punter that did he was a little bitty guy and then the, <laughs> and then roethlisberger did um but i never wore sleeves in any game never huh. and um it was just for comfort for me it wasn't because mm-hmm. i wasn't freezing because i was yeah <laughs> um but i just i felt restricted yeah but yeah. you know you didn't catch any of those dudes in negative 27 or mm-hmm. you know whatever the temperature was with any sleeves on wow wow that's pretty wild. Yeah, it was. I stood by the heater the entire game. <laughs> <laughs> did you have any superstitions? Are you one of those guys? That's a good question. Actually, I, I, I did. Um, I mean, it got better as it went on because you don't really know if they work. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but it, for me, they did. Um, yeah. The one that I that probably nobody noticed, but it would be hard not to notice if you just watched me. Um, after every quarter, I changed the sock on my right foot, so my my kicking shoe is the tightest it could be. Interesting. Um, because once it kind of not really air goes out of it, but once it kind of molds to your shoe, mm-hmm. you want another one that's brand new to make it tight again. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in K- I don't know, uh, no, I can't speak for everybody, but, you know, I wear a 10 and a half on my plant, on my plant foot, a nine and a half kicking shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, because you want, you don't want it to be where you're getting blisters and can't tolerate it, but you want it so snug enough to where if you miss hit the ball, it's still going to hit your foot. Right. Because uh, if it's too big, you hit off your toe, it's going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Especially in the, the colder it gets, so. Yeah. My biggest superstition was that. Interesting. And, and, you had, and it had to be really quick because if it was like third down and something in field goal range. <laughs> Where's my sock? I was like, oh, man, I, I, hope, to, I hope I can tie my shoe quick. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll be over there. Hold on. Tell the rest to hold on. Time out. When, P- piss uh, off the coach. <laughs> when you're in a, a pretty tight situation, into the game, your kick is going to win or lose the game, and the, the coach from the other team calls a timeout and ices you. Did that ever really bother you? Not really. Um, you know, back back then, uh, you could call if you had three timeouts, you could call three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, now you can only call one. Right. In college, you can still call all yeah. of them, but yeah, yeah. In the pros, you can only call one, even if you have three left, mm-hmm. um, which is. I think makes sense. Um, now, we on our field back at home games anyway. I mean, you you think about it maybe a little, but you also get a chance to pick the best spot to put the ball. Right. Um, okay. Uh, now on a turf field, that doesn't matter. I would just wander off. I don't talk to coaches, players, nothing. I just mm-hmm. wander off, swing my leg a little bit when I hear that referee's whistle. It's it's my time to shine. Mm-hmm. Um, but at home games, we had, believe it or not, for 
I was there 2002. So 2001, the stadium opened, Heinz Field, mm-hmm. um, coming from Three Rivers, which was AstroTurf, not right. even field turf. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the way it was built, it doesn't get Pittsburgh doesn't get a ton of sun anyway. But the way it's built, it was getting less sun. Hmm. Um, so we had a field, and I guess it was experimental because they came from um, AstroTurf to mm-hmm. a grass field, and that kind of weather is crazy. But uh, you know, it is what it is. Oh, they call it real football. Okay, whatever. Well. So 2002 is the second year stadiums open. At halftime, they actually brought out a steamroller, smashed the mud down, really, and okay. painted, painted the you know in between the hashes green. Huh. So if you think that's easy to kick on huh. or cut back on right. or be an offensive lineman on, you know it's crazy. But so the good thing about when people did that on that field, I built a little mound. Uh-huh. And the ref would come over, you can't do that. And I was like, I know. Yeah, do it again. <laughs> Turn your back real quick. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> what are you going to do, 15 yards? Come on. <laughs> for, for walking on a damn mud, mud pile. But, yeah, so that was actually a benefit on that field because yeah. if it's – even though it gives you more time to think, mm-hmm. which is their philosophy, mm-hmm. it's, like an un, it's like an unwritten rule. You yeah. have to do it yeah. if you have a yeah. timeout. Because yeah. if you don't, people would be like, man, he made it. Why didn't he call a timeout? That's right. how people are. Right. But – if you don't call a timeout and it feels that choppy, mm-hmm. it's really tough to get your footing. Right. So that was that was the. I, t- I always told our coach. I said, "Dude, if it's a, I know that you'll get yelled at if mm-hmm. he makes it, mm-hmm. but don't call a timeout, man. Because when all those dudes are running between the hashes mm-hmm. and tearing that field up, this is not good grass. Right. Uh, they're not giving him a chance to find his footing. Yeah. yeah. And you know, and sometimes he listened, sometimes he didn't. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, that was yeah. So it didn't really bother me. It actually was a benefit, okay. especially at home games. Yeah. But um. More than anything, it is an unwritten rule, so you're shocked if people don't do it. Now they do it so close to the snap, though, it's not even realistic. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're like, I call timeout. And the guys already kicked the ball. <laughs> yeah. It happened to me a couple of times, and the ball was through the uprights, and I'm like, it really? <laughs> but you have to, you got all 30 seconds to get that uh-huh. out of your head because you got to make it again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very cool. We're going to put you on the hot seat a little bit. Uh, the guests we have in, we have questions that we ask them. Uh, some we have found on the internet, some we made up, some listeners have sent in. So. Um, this could be good. Yeah, <laughs> let's see here. All right. Uh, so, for example, like uh, say a stylist may notice a, a real complicated hairstyle or a, a singer may notice a real talented vocalist. What's something you notice out there with uh, football players? It's a good question. Uh, I think that uh, the biggest thing is a swagger. Mm-hmm. Um and I, and I think all athletes have it in a certain way, even if they're kind of dorky. Um, but it's just something that helps you be successful. So mm-hmm. I think the, I think the swag, you know, I don't necessarily agree with all the dancing in the end zones and stuff all that <laughs> if we're talking NFL. But I think there's a certain swag. I mean, because you're, you're playing such a dangerous sport, mm-hmm. um, every down can paralyze you yeah. if you don't yeah. go hard. Right, right, um, right. And that's not like any other sport. So I think it's a swagger about yourself. Even if it's a fake swagger, I think mm-hmm. you still got it. Uh, if you became president, what's the first law you'd pass? Oh, God. <laughs> Piss a lot of people off. <laughs> Once you say make marijuana legal, because I'm in the business now. That's a real yeah. simple answer, but I think a lot of people will like that one. Yeah. Nice. You'll get a lot of new fans for that one. Yeah. yeah. And I never <laughs> I thought I'd Jeffrey. say that either. <laughs> What's something on your bucket list you haven't done yet you want to do? Oh, man. Here, let me go down the list. It's in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know some of them, but I'd rather just tell you. All right. Uh, Bora Bora. Yeah. Ooh. African Safari. Nice. Oh, yeah. Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Um, an Alaskan cruise. Mm-hmm. An international soccer or rugby match or a World Cup. Kentucky Derby. Mm-hmm. Daytona 500. A trip to Montana. Disconnect from the world. Right. Uh, the Greek Islands. Yeah. Ireland. 
And the one thing I do want to do, which was the number one thing on my bucket list, but I saved it for last, is I want to rent an RV uh-huh. and tailgate at all the biggest colleges during football season. Dude, oh, yeah. That's awesome. Each week, you just take the whole football season and know you're not going to go home. Yeah. So, like, on the road with Jeff Reed. That would yeah. be kind of cool. I, I think if you, That's you know, a TV show, dude. Would, yeah. it, would it be, like, would it be uh, ACC or SEC? It, or would what be, you, it would be teams I hate, I like, doesn't matter. You I just mean, want to go, just, par- you wanna go party with the like, college I'll, kids, I'll do, a, I'll do a Thursday <laughs> game and a Saturday so I can knock two out. There you go. And then, you know, there's a couple schools that may play on a, I don't know, a Friday. Yeah. Georgia. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma. Um, I live there. I, I, I was too young to party and tailgate uh, <laughs> back when Mac Brown was the offensive yeah. coordinator at Oklahoma is when I was there. Um, you know, just Texas, any, any of those. I mean. So it, you just want to travel around. Yeah. I mean, party. I'm, I'm not the biggest. <laughs> Don't we all? I'm not the biggest traveling guy in the world. But like to me, that would be super fun. Because you don't sit here and wear the home team or away team stuff. You're not cheering for a team. You're experiencing something that these people do every week. Right. Or right. every home game. And Wisconsin is a huge one, too, I've heard. I haven't been there, but yeah. I've heard that's like the biggest party. Mm-hmm. I've heard Oregon mm-hmm. Ducks have a pretty mm-hmm. pretty solid party. I mean, Ohio State, Michigan, yeah. two, right. two teams I don't like. But another Michigan, who doesn't want to go sit in a stadium that's – I want to go, I don't want to go to all the games necessarily. I want mm-hmm. to tailgate. Because you can watch those on your RV TV, right? <laughs> um, have a little tent with a flat screen. You fit it nice at a NASCAR race uh, for, right. your, for your <laughs> yeah. RV. That's RV all you do too. is sit in the na- yeah. RV. Yeah, I've, I've, I knew some NASCAR guys. So. Brandon, Brandon's got an RV. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but I just, I just think that would just be. I mean, I don't. I mean, it would be rather expensive. But at the same time, it's not like you have to get a hotel room and a flight everywhere. You right. And you can't put a price tag on fun, Jeff. Just do it. You're right. Yeah, I agree. But that you was know? that was the one thing years ago when I was, you know, barely in NFL that I wanted to do. Just watching yeah. college game days at certain places where they were. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't know anyone except for the people I was with, and right. just and it wouldn't be a lot of people because anything over four people is a headache anyway. A tailgate's <laughs> always true. a damn good time. I mean, you and me know from doing so many NASCAR races and stuff, like, I love tailgating. That's so fun. <laughs> I'll tailgate it. Zach today was telling me, he's like, yeah, soccer fans don't really tailgate. And I'm like, well, they're going to learn how to because <laughs> we're going to tailgate. Yeah, they're more of bar people. Um, yeah. Soccer fans are. But we can teach them. Yeah, we'll right. teach them. <laughs> we're going to have to learn if they're going to be successful. Right. I know. We'll, have, yeah. we'll need you in your new truck. You bring yeah. your truck and, uh, you know. Yeah, then you it. can destroy it. Perfect. <laughs> I'll pull up a smoker. <laughs> yeah, you go. Yeah. Smoke some butts. Let's do it. Let's do it. Smoke some butts. <laughs> well, Jeff, appreciate you coming by, man. Yeah, of course. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah, man. Any, anything you guys need, uh, I yeah. mean, you guys, have, you guys have my number. Um I love doing this stuff. Like yeah. I said, I did it from by myself for a year. Yeah. I wish that I had at least one other person. <laughs> what, so um, on your podcast, what did you talk? Did you just talk about football? Life. Life. Nah, nah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I could go through. I mean, of course, I had Heinz Ward, Heath Miller, uh-huh. big names I played with that people want to hear from on my show. But right. I told you Ryan Lochte in his prime right. you know, before mm-hmm. he got in trouble. Um, Ryan was a good friend, and he kind of disappeared after he got in all that trouble. But, right. um, you know, just guys like that. I mean, you ask them, obviously, about their talent, but you kind of ask them in-depth questions. Um, and I have all the interviews somewhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have, a, I have a board just like that. Yeah. And, uh, but, I, you know, if I'd have had one more person to bounce off of, it would have been great. Mm-hmm. Um, because I literally had to – it took me three hours to prepare before I would go on. Yeah. And I was on um, – what's that called? Uh, Voice America. Mm-hmm. You've heard of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was on that. Um, 
you know, in, in between a Christian show and some lady hating men show. <laughs> <laughs> so mine was interesting. Uh, well, that's kind of what we are. We're a combination uh, of both. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. No, but I, uh, I love, sure. I love doing this, and uh, anything you guys need, I would be uh, certainly happy to help you. I got to check out your show on Monday nights. You said it's on Monday nights on Fox on Fox News Edge. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's the TV show. The TV it's show. it's quick. It's ten thirty to eleven. I yeah. mean, it's. It's real quick. I nice. mean, but it's it's fun. And so it's only on Mondays? No, it's every day, it's but every I'm day. only there on Mondays. Okay. It's every night, Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday, yeah. Yo, yep. I've, seen, I've seen Ed, then, but I, have it, I need to watch your, your yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm there. on Mondays. Yeah, I'm on Mondays unless I'm out of town. Like this last Monday I missed because I was in Arizona. Gotcha. Came back Friday, uh, Monday night. So, But yeah, man, I uh, anything you guys need, I'm around. Appreciate that. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate we appreciate you making yeah. time for us and coming by and hanging out and... Uh, yeah, we'll have to catch up with you when you start your uh, kicking camp. There's no yeah. doubt. We gotta, we're got we going to get it out there in, in a couple months, though. Hell yeah, and, cool. You know, I'll come Let back on. and Whatever we can do to help, too. And, I'll, and also, if you guys are interested in the whole CBD thing, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'll bring a certified person on to talk about it um, because I think that uh, – <laughs> Well, I know you're interested because you guys all had questions. Because oh, yeah. you're um, we love CBD. But, but if you want, but if you want to hear from somebody that has all the accolades, um, right. it's actually really interesting. And yeah. I think a lot of people that, that listen to you guys would, mm-hmm. would open their eyes. Yeah. Because That's just totally. our conversation could. Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody that really knows deep down inside what she's talking about mm-hmm. can really help. People need to get educated about it. It's an yeah. amazing thing. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, everyone's like, "Oh, there's nothing wrong with me." I said, "Well, your first problem is a denial. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's what's wrong with you." Because, you know, people don't realize if they're not in pain or they haven't played a sport or they've lived the perfect life, which nobody has, but some <laughs> people act, act like they have, right. you still have cancerous cells in your body right. that can be killed off, so yeah. you don't get it later. You know, yeah. that's it's just common sense stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right, man, thanks. Thanks, Jeff. It's, oh, and uh, you. <laughs> Sorry, man. Jenna. Why does everybody call me man? What's up, well, man? I was talking. I was Brandon, looking at him. I was talking to him. Brandon calls me man all the time. It's like, listen, man. Well, that's like a gen- I, generic I, that's just term. It's a gen- general term. Yeah. Like, I call everybody. I call, uh, you know, my coworkers that are females dudes. Like, yeah, hey, dude, dude, come here. <laughs> right. <laughs> they respond. I'm talking about body parts here. Uh, well, we all appreciate right. you coming by. Yeah, of course. Thank you, guys. All right. That wraps it up. QC Confessional Podcast on RadioCharlotte.com. Brought to you by Leverage Lending Group. Give Angelo Datsaris a call. Check him out. Go to the website, lendwithleverage.com. If you're looking to buy a house, refinance, he's your man. We know a guy. This is that guy, Angelo Datsaris, CLT Mortgage Guy, all across social media as well. If you want to reach out to us, give us a call on the tan line, 704-TAN-LINE at 704-826-5463. If you have a question for us, want to just shoot the shit, or be a guest on the show, that's where you can reach us, or email Ren, R-E-N-N, at RadioCharlotte.com. You guys have a great night. Later. Good evening, everyone. Our top story, marijuana is now legal. Le- le- is now legal. Legal. Charlotte Radio. That rocks. And it's made everything just so great. Radio Charlotte. Hello, I'm Angelo Dutzeris, a.k.a. CLT Mortgage Guy, President CEO of Leverage Lending. We are Charlotte's premier five-star rated local mortgage company. We understand the mortgage process may be confusing. At Leverage Lending, we leverage our online digital platform with our combined experience of over 20 plus years to create a streamlined process to get you from application to closing with ease. If you're in the market to purchase a home, we can get you in with as little as 3% down. Contact one of our expert consultants today to discuss your home finance needs. At Leverage Lending, we make lending easy. Leverage Lending Group, lending made easy. Call 704-248-8742 or visit their website, lendwithleverage.com. Equal housing lender, NMLS license number 40030.